Want to become more familiar with the Bible? Well, here comes an entire book of the Bible read to you in just 17 minutes. This is the first letter of John. Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. Before we get into the full text of the scripture itself, I wanted to give a couple minutes of background information on this letter. The first letter of John is one of the 27 books of the New Testament. Tradition attributes the Gospel of John and the three letters of John to the same person, the Apostle John. Scholars of history debate whether it actually was the Apostle John or whether it was the same person who wrote John's Gospel that wrote the letters. But even if the author of the letters is not the same as the author of the Gospel, it was definitely someone in the Johannine community very close in mind and heart to the author of the Gospel. This letter is different from most other New Testament letters, especially those written by Paul, because it doesn't really sound like a letter. There is no hello, there is no goodbye, there is no reference to whom the letter is addressed. There's no explicit mention of the target audience, like there isn't a lot of Paul's letters. Those were written to specific groups of Christians in specific cities. When was it written? It was probably written after the Gospel of John was written, so that puts it anywhere between the year 80 to the year 100 AD, give or take. But what's the letter about? First off, John puts several opposites in conflict throughout. There's light versus darkness, lies versus truth, the world versus the Father, lawlessness versus righteousness, hatred versus love, words versus deeds, mortal sin versus not mortal sin. The author doesn't use the word venial sin, but he talks about sin that is mortal and not mortal. We'll get to that later. But the main theme of 1 John is our relationship with God the Father and walking with his son Jesus and being loved by God and loving our neighbor. The word love actually shows up 52 times in this letter, which is a lot because it's not that long. Well, there are a lot of quick hit highlights in this letter, and it would be a shame for them to fly right on by while you're listening. So I'll mention a few now so that when we get to the full text, they'll stick out more clearly. Notable in chapter 1 is verse 9 that says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is an if-then statement. If we confess our sins, he will forgive our sins. Forgiveness is not automatic in our life with God. It's not the default state of affairs. Forgiveness is available, but we trigger it through our repentance and through sincere contrition. At the beginning of chapter 2, verse 1 says this, Jesus Christ is the expiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. This shows us that Jesus died for everybody. Not just Christians, not just Jews, not just believers. Everybody 
throughout all time. Everybody who's ever lived, everybody who's living now, everyone who ever will live, Jesus made his sacrifice on the cross for everyone. Verse 13 in chapter 2 says, I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. Now, this not may sound important, but for several hundred years, really, some folks who are not Catholic have criticized Catholics for calling our priests Father. Because as you remember in the gospel, Jesus says, call no man on earth Father. And if you take that out of context, then sure, we, we look foolish for calling our priests Father. But you see that Paul in his letters makes reference to spiritual fatherhood. Right here, John is speaking to fathers. And even Jesus in the gospels refers to Abraham as Father Abraham. So when you see all these verses seemingly in conflict, you have to dig down into the context. But I just wanted you to be aware of that because don't fall for that one. Don't fall for that one when people say that the Bible commands us not to call any person on earth Father. In verse 18, John says, the Antichrist is coming. What are the characteristics of the Antichrist? Well, you'll have to listen closely to chapters 2 and 3 to find out. Moving on to the highlights of chapter 3, this next one is so clear and blunt. It's like a two-by-four to the face. If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Wow, that just says it right there, that if you have the world's goods and other people are in need and you close your heart against them, then you cannot say that you have the love of God inside you. In 3.18, John says, Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in deed and truth. And that sounds a lot like our old maxim that actions speak louder than words. In 3 verse 20, John says, God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. That makes me think about the secular advice we get. We get it all the time, and it just says, follow your heart. And whenever I hear follow your heart, I think, man, Jesus didn't say that on the beach to those fishermen. He didn't say, go follow your heart. He said, come, follow me. So this verse sticks out to me, chapter 3, verse 20. It says, God is greater than our hearts. So let's not follow our hearts. Let's follow God. He is greater. All right, the highlights of chapter 4. Well, you know the phrase, God is love? We all learned it in first grade Catholic school or PSR. Is it actually in the Bible or is it just a nice saying we tell to our kids? Well, it is in the Bible. It's in 1 John 4, 7. It just says straight up, God is love. Verse 18, you may have heard this one before. Perfect love casts out fear. Here's another one that's so clear and blunt. Verse 20 of chapter 4. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. <laughs> the last chapter, chapter 5, a couple highlights. As we go through our spiritual life, we might wonder what it means to actually love God. What does that look like? And in verse 3, John tells us, this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. 
This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. So if we want to love God, we have to keep his commandments. It goes on to say his commandments are not burdensome. That's very encouraging. And the last highlight before we get to the full text is chapter 5, verse 16. There is sin which is not mortal. So near the end of chapter 5, John's going to talk about two different kinds of sin. Mortal sin, which breaks our relationship with God. And then sin that is not mortal. We call that venial sin. And that is sin that damages our relationship with God. Venial sin damages the relationship. Mortal sin breaks off that relationship. All right, we're ready to get into it. So the translation I'm reading is the Revised Standard Version, Catholic Edition. So let us hear the Word of God. St. Jerome, pray for us. And St. John, pray for us. The First Letter of St. John, Chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we saw it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing this so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we've heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not live according to the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Chapter 2 My little children, I'm writing this to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the expiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we may be sure that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, but disobeys his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly love for God is perfected. By this we may be sure that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment which you had from the beginning. 
The old commandment is the word which you have heard. Yet I'm writing you a new commandment, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in the darkness still. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and in it there is no cause for stumbling. But he who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his sake. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might be plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all know. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and know that no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. He who confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you have heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he has promised us, eternal life. I write this to you about those who would deceive you, but the anointing which you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you, as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who does right is born of him. Chapter 3 See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God? And so we are.
The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who does right is righteous as he is righteous. He who commits sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God commits sin, for God's nature abides in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. By this it may be seen who are the children of God, and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not do right is not of God, nor he who does not love his brother. For this is the message which you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, and not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil, and his brother's righteous. Do not wonder, brethren, that the world hates you. We know that we've passed out of death into life, because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and we receive from him whatever we ask, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. All who keep his commandments abide in him, and he in them. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit which he has given us. Chapter 4 Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are of God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. 
Every spirit which confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit which does not confess Jesus is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, of which you've heard that it was coming, and now it is in the world already. Little children, you are of God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, what they say is of the world, and the world listens to them. We are of God. Whoever knows God listens to us, and he who is not of God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and he who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the expiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No man has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he's given us of his own spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we know and believe the love God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. In this is love perfected with us, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and he who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God should love his brother also. Chapter 5 Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is a child of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, 
our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the witness, because the Spirit is the truth. There are three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne witness to his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. He who does not believe in God has made him a liar, because he's not believed in the testimony that God has borne to his Son. And this is the testimony, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who has not the Son of God has not life. I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence which we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we've obtained the requests made of him. If anyone sees his brother committing what is not a mortal sin, he will ask, and God will give him life for those whose sin is not mortal. There is sin which is mortal. I do not say that one is to pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin which is not mortal. We know that anyone born of God does not sin, but he who was born of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world is in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come, and has given us understanding, to know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, Keep yourselves from idols. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.